0: Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. This is Nikrita, your host. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you again today. And I'll invite you to stay with us today because I have uh, a special guest. And you'll learn from um, Paul, which is our guest from Second Bite, that following into the footsteps of Jesus. Is not only your own uh, experience, uh, your testimony, but it's also what you do for other people. And uh, today we are going to hear uh, some um, things happening in this world, and how we can, each one of us, can contribute for the well-being of many other people. Paul, thank you very much for coming with us uh, to this program.
1: Thank you for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure.
0: We were talking about this for a while. We just couldn't do it a couple of times for various reasons. And uh, thank you to Eric also who introduced you to us. Mm -hmm. Eric, uh, very happy to have you with us also uh, today. I will just uh, start with uh, asking you, Paul, uh, what it is, Second Bite?
1: Well, Second Bite is a food rescue organisation. We're a national organisation. But here in South Australia, we um, collect food, Predominantly from Coles, which is perfectly edible food, but unfortunately they can't sell it, or we as consumers won't buy it for whatever reason. They, in their graciousness, pass it on to us. We bring it back to our warehouse in Dry Creek and resort it all out, and then distribute it to those in need via third party organisations such as ADRA, uh, Salvation Army, school groups, council groups community groups, all various groups um, that require assistance. One of our criteria, however, is also that all the food we get is given to us for free and all the food that we distribute is also distributed for free. None of our food is allowed to be sold. There are no charges to any of the agencies who collect food from us.
0: Mm, that's uh, that's interesting, and it's very good, you know, to be able to access such uh, a thing, you know. We, even in these days, we may think in a country like uh, Australia, you may not don't need, you know, that sort of welfare. But uh, I believe you will tell us quite a few experiences that uh, how important it is. Now um, you mentioned to us uh, even before we go on air that. This organization, it's all, you know, Australia-wide, but you're talking about, uh, particularly today, about Adelaide, South Australia, and you just gave us a location, but later on in the program, we'll ask you probably to give more details where people can access you. How did you find out about Second Bite, Eric?
2: Well, uh, when I I work in the community, mainly with Aboriginal people, I do an Aboriginal work in uh, Adelaide, north of the city uh, is where I sort of work, I go to a, Elizabeth Church. Was giving out um, food there, and um, I had, there was a great need amongst the people that I work with. And so I made some inquiries and uh, rang Paul up, and um, yes, managed to uh, to get on the list of uh, of going in there and getting the food. And uh, you were talking about living in Australia and not a great need. There is a great need here. People are, you know, a lot of people struggle out there through various reasons, uh, bills or whatever. And the food, they are very delighted, in fact, I, when I told one of them today, when I dropped food off this morning, they said to thank, uh, when we are on air, to thank Paul, and the, it's a wonderful, they're very appreciative of what they get. Mm. So that's how I heard about it, um, and when Elizabeth used to go down to uh, Coles, she used to pick some up there for a while, but then it changed the second bite, so we, we go up there direct to the warehouse. Up there. Mm.
0: And Paul, uh, just as you know, the nature of our program, you know, uh, from a spiritual point of view, I mean, is this organization only like a charitable organization, non profit organization, or is this also linked with, with what we believe that we are here to help each other?
1: We're a not for profit organization, we don't have any government funding so we run independently. We're not associated with any religious denomination, so we cover all religious. We don't discriminate. We get most of our funding to keep the doors open by uh, philanthropists, so big corporate to donate money to us to operate us. Most of my employees are volunteers. Um, We do have paid employees. I'm not going to hide that fact. We do have four paid employees here in Adelaide. And they're predominantly drivers because we need that for consistency because if we can't get the food we can't help those mm. uh, and it's a matter of getting the food for me I came out of the corporate world into this world and I haven't regretted it one bit for a change rather than helping s- some private entity be successful I'm able to help a community to be successful it is a pleasure to get up of a morning because I know that we're going to help people. Mm. Uh, to really not put a finer point on it is that in some instances, if we don't open our doors of a morning, people don't eat tonight. Um, wow. it, it is like that, as Eric said, in Australia, there are people who are in need and desperate for a multitude of reasons, and you can't say, oh, that's one particular reason or whatever. And unfortunately, it's getting worse, not better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a new category coming in, or two new categories coming in, really. The working poor, um, where, as Eric alluded to before, they they pay all their bills, their rent or whatever, and all of a sudden they've got no money for food. Uh, What are they to do? And there's also, with downturn of employment, middle management, and just in recent times, Telstra have highlighted the fact that they're going to cull middle management. That is the new area middle management of people who have probably worked from a very, very young age, have never been out of work in their life. Mm. They will struggle to find jobs in this current climate and it poses a few other issues and their mental well-being can be called into question. They won't get unemployment benefits because, in theory, they've got too much money. It's probably all in assets, so they've got to sell stuff. Mm. But for a short term, they're going to be desperate for food. For a little while, they'll be okay, and then reality will hit.
0: I mean, you're talking about that uh, you can see with your own eyes that the middle class uh, group, it's its uh, fading off quite visibly. Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, no,
2: no,
1: they're still there, but it's increasing with a different level as well. Another layer is being um, put on top of that as well. Mm.
0: Can you see why that happens here in
1: Australia, or...? It's just people are, 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 our job situation isn't where it should be. Um, we're reducing our manufacturing, we're relying on importing. so some of the opportunities that once were there have dried up and mm. yeah it, they need to re-educate. Mm.
2: Um,
1: technology is is coming. Um, one of the things we do at our warehouse. Um, is that we also run a certificate too in warehousing for children, school-based students with um, disabilities. At the end of it, they get a certificate and um, hopefully they'll be employed Mm. at the end of it as well. Can't guarantee that, but it gives them an opportunity to get some skills, not just warehousing skills, but life skills as well. While they're still at school so they can be better prepared mm, mm. for their employment path.
2: Yeah, just what on Paul was saying about the, um, the students and the workers there. Um, when I've gone in there, you know, they have it so well organised there, you know. Um, they have vans coming in and out, and um, when I arrive there, you put in a sign-in time and a sign-out time, and uh, everything's ready. You know, they bring out the crates of food, and the students are really willing. It, it is like a workplace, and uh, there's safety. I have to wear a vest when I mm-hmm. go in there, you know, a coloured vest. And the safety is paramount. And, uh, you know, they have instructors there and they have classes in a little room there. And I've, But I found them very, ha- you know, happy and, and working. And it's a great opportunity, I think, that they're doing that as well as giving out the food. You know, they're helping these disabled students that maybe get a job later on, Mm. and good work experience Mm. for them. And I just comment to say that uh, yeah, it's wonderful down there. They do such a wonderful work, and uh, yeah, I really praise them for it. Mm,
0: That's great. And Mm. I picked up from Paul that uh, uh, the excitement and happiness uh, for himself. You know that uh, he's involved with such an organization, even though, as you mentioned. Uh, Paul, you've been working in a, um, for another company or uh, for other people. But I, I got that from you, that you are so fulfilled, if you like, seeing people uh, being helped
1: out. Well, w- we find, and you're correct, I, I do get that fulfillment, as do the other volunteers and staff. Um, we have people there. It, it's not a job. Mm. It's almost a lifestyle. It is a passion. If we wanted to put a a religious context on it it's a calling Mm. um but we don't see it that way we just see it as we are humans Mm. and we're helping other people within our community who aren't perhaps as lucky as what we have been a lot of the people who are working there at some point in time have also suffered in some way and they're now able to give back and are very grateful to be able to do that my workers are very passionate about what they do to the point sometimes they just won't leave. I've got to kick them out the door. They want to hang around and help people. You know, They may get paid for X amount of hours, but they work a lot more. And mm-hmm. you know, they'll field phone calls or whatever at all hours of the day, night, weekends when they're not supposed to be working. They appreciate what they do and how they can help, and they want to do it because they want to do it. And that's not because I have to Yeah, and
0: that's hands on you can yeah. see with your own eyes yeah. you know something happening because sometimes you know we watch uh, through the media and other things uh, different programs going on but when you see something and that's what I was so happy to have you with us from local here from our uh, town here you know to see that people are uh, willing to help others they are not just selfish people in, in this world
1: no well, To be very local, we actually do a drop-off on one of your neighbours in this building. Wow. um, And they operate Fred's van out of here. Okay. So on a Sunday, I believe, we provide a fair amount of the food for them every week. We Mm. do it in Elizabeth as well. Mm -hmm. We cover in here in Adelaide from our local warehouse. We'll cover from Clare to Aldinga. All right. So we have... People in Clare come up once a week, oh, sorry, once a month to do a what they call a market day mm. where they have people who are doing it tough come in, no questions asked, and be able to get food. Predominantly, our food is fresh produce too, so it's healthy, nutritional food. It's just not all chocolates and lollies yeah. and soft drink. It is fruit and veg. Yeah. There is meat from time to time um, available. There's eggs. So it's all good food, a lot of bakery, bread mm. and the like um, Balaclava is another area that we do they come in weekly so it's a wide variety of people that we, we help mm-hmm. and all these people who come in, or agencies come in, we don't deal with the end users so to speak
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a couple of reasons why we don't do that as well, is because we don't know the underlying cause of why they need assistance whether it be short term or long term And we're not qualified to make that judgment either. So they go to people like ADRA, Salvation Army, Anglicare, their local community who usually have counsellors of some description who are better able to assist them. They get food short term but can they find the underlying problem with whatever it may be and assist them in that so that their reliance on food is less does it always work possibly not Mm. but it's a good step in helping them achieve you're saying that um, if there are people
0: right now out there uh, going through some difficult situation and they hear this program would they be able to contact you directly or do they need to go through an uh, organization which you just mentioned like ADRA or what's your
1: uh it's preferable they go to um, an agency however if they got access to a computer or something or they have somebody who does if they go to our website which is secondbite.org they can click on find food and they'll come up with a list of agencies who are able to help them.
0: All right, that's good to know. Eric you you mentioned earlier that working with the Aboriginal group uh, you see also the need there and how important it is to be connected with an organization uh, such as uh, Second Byte, um, to be able to provide when uh, things are needed. What's your feeling about uh, this type of um, organizations?
2: Well, I live in the best of both worlds, really, because um, I get to see Paul and his wonderful team down there. Um, you know, they give the tribute to me. I load it all up in my little car and away. I travel around and, and then I see the joys of the people who, um, who get the food. So I live in the, both worlds, you know. Mm. I see the, the staff down there and there. But the need is great and uh, it has grown, as Paul has said. I have more than I can handle putting it out. Um, and um, I actually go to the homes with the food. I'm a bit different to the agencies where I actually box it for them and take it around so I actually go to their homes and get to know them mm-hmm. see their needs and, and help them that way and, and you know try to put them onto somebody that can help them even more but uh, as Paul says you cannot judge um, the reason why uh, the thing is that if there is a need uh, we need to just give it to them and not to qualify them but just mm-hmm. to accept them and uh, sometimes if I miss one out for some reason, I've done it with somebody else, sometimes I get a phone call, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's keeping up. But um, it's one of the best things that could happen in Adelaide is to have organisations like Paul's to be here mm. where the food that was probably thrown out before, I don't know, is yeah. actually distributed. Mm.
1: Basically before it would have ended up in landfill. Right. We are saving edible food from going to landfill and repurposing it, so to speak, mm. we're one of the best recyclers around, if you like to put it that yes, way. That's a good uh, point. Yeah, mm. you know, we we recycle edible food, mm. not after it's eaten, though.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, um, talking about this, we know that um, places like Australia, for example, we are on top of the list on throwaway uh, society, as we call it. You know, in many aspects. You know, but when you're thinking of the basic need like food you know it's so important to to have some outlets there to have some people
1: um, involved in this do you see this growing i do um we're fortunate that the government hasn't had to legislate like they have in other countries to say that you're not allowed to throw your food out it has to be donated to organizations like us we that hasn't had to happen here in australia which is great Because the bigger retailers and manufacturers and distributors have understood there is another way of doing it and have voluntarily have been able to provide product. And a a big thank you needs to go Mm, out mm. to those organisations and everything like that. Like we're supported very much by Coles. They are one of our major Mm -hmm. suppliers and and supporters, which we thank very, very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And the quality which they give to us is quite exceptional. Um, Mm. And they've increased the range in which they're they're going to donate, so there'll be more products available. Mm. Without organisations like that, we couldn't exist. Also, I think it was probably 10 years ago, maybe even longer, 20 years ago, organisations like ours would not be able to um, operate until they changed the law. We are now covered by the Good Samaritan Act. Prior to that, companies weren't allowed to donate the food and do what we're doing now. It was illegal. Mm -hmm. So they have recognised an issue and changed it, which Mm. is is great.
2: And just on that, Paul, it's amazing how much food actually comes through the warehouse, through your department. It's just incredible.
1: We're doing around 100,000 kilos a month currently. Um, We expect to double that. Wow. Wow, that's
0: great. That's great. And again, uh, when you see people coming to access you, and um, do you see that, um, how to say, oh, even on their faces, you know, if you like, like, thank God for uh, uh, for this opportunity, for this uh, organization, and because, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we we're doing these programs, you know, it, from a spiritual point of view, but our existence, you know, in the Bible, we've been told that. If we love our neighbor and do everything what we can for his good, then this is one thing which I can see—it's right, right hands-on. You
1: know, like uh, you, you you fulfill the the scripture. Yes, yeah, it, it wasn't lost on me. I, I must admit, um, when I, I did join the organisation and what we were doing, um, do I get to see the joy on their faces? Unfortunately, no. That. Uh, Eric is the one who's lucky enough to see that I have seen it in some instances where an agency has invited me down and we've seen it we get some feedback, we get some thank yous Mm -hmm. and we get um, emails from time to time thanking us uh, how it's made a difference to an individual Um, we keep obviously anyone who comes into contact confidential so that Mm -hmm. they're we believe in dignity. Mm-hmm. We always try... The food that we give has to be good quality and good standard. can't be a squash loaf of bread yeah. yet, because regardless, everyone's entitled to some dignity, and that's what we endeavour to do. Do everything with dignity so that it can give people a good feeling. Uh, it's just not putting something in your tummy. It's it can be mental well-being has an impact as well,
2: mm-hmm. and that,
1: unfortunately, is, is a... a byproduct of going being hungry you know it gets overlooked from time to time but it has an impact as well and if we can help their mental Mm well-being the other thing is we normalize it it's not always just you can only have good healthy food the majority of it will be good and healthy but there'll be some treats in there as well so it's normalized you're not feeling pitied Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing we don't do
0: you know what I um, I come across uh, myself with some people when they access um, an organization like yours because I don't believe that Second Bite, it's for second class people. I met people who are, how to say, quite well in, in you know, but they going through a difficult period go. of time in their life and they are able to
1: to access something like this and move on mm. that's exactly it. we don't judge as eric said before and you're, you're right there is a various type of people uh it can they're not second class they're all people end of story mm-hmm. they are part of our community they are people they are human beings they could be going through a rough patch at the moment and then they'll be right yeah they just need a hand up yeah. not a handout out. correct mm and if you're able to give them a hand up a lot of times you get repaid in buckets by either they volunteer or they'll help somebody mm-hmm. else because they know what it was like.
0: It's like a wave thing you yeah. know like uh, start somewhere and people will keep going because yeah. you, you see the. we live in a very individualistic society um, globally you know and that's visible in many aspects of life but we need to come back to the I grew up myself If I if I just look back in my own experience in a community where we were all together kind of we were caring about each other we were interested in the well-being of other people Uh, it's not the case unfortunately in today's world but an organization like yours can make that difference we try Mm. and
1: and you're right in what you say while the world has got smaller it's got very insular as well Mm. um Years and years and years ago, you're right. It was a community base. You knew who your neighbour was. You, you knew these people, and you knew if they were ill, you'd go and keep an eye out on them. How many times have we heard, on it, read in the news or whatever, that there's been a person who's passed away and they've been dead for 12 months before mm. they've been found mm. or, or a long period of time?
2: Mm.
1: How many of us in the community out there actually know our neighbour? Mm. How many of us in the community help our neighbor mm. You know, I guarantee there's not a lot. There are some exceptions, but I guarantee there's not a lot. Yes. We need to be able to get back to community-based ethics mm-hmm. and have compassion. I think we've lost compassion. Mm. It's become a me-me society, unfortunately. I'm old enough not to be a me-me society. Mm. Uh, I'm getting too old, I guess. But <laughs> it it worries me a little bit that that's how we're going you're right we are insular we're trying to do stuff that is very community based yes we're parochial south australian what we achieve here is very good um we punch above our weight here Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, but we're only one little part of a big puzzle but this can grow it can grow, yeah.
2: I think what's happened too with long of Paul's and I think too we've become um, putting people into boxes and saying, well, somebody's on a pension or they're out of a job that's their problem they're, there's a cause for that or whatever, uh, and we judge people, we put them all together, and uh, I think that's wrong. I mean, I drop food off to Aboriginals and non Aboriginal people, uh, some are on new start, they you know or whatever, and the, the i don't know if you know what Start wages per week, but it's very low you 've got to pay rent out of that. your money's gone basically. Mm-hmm. And then there's others like the Aboriginal families. They get their, they've get they got that family orientation where if somebody's visiting, they put all the family, they take them in, whether they can afford it or not. And so when I know that's happening, I get extra food in there and then I drop them off that. There's different needs. But, yeah, I think judging um, people's circumstances is where and Second Bites is taken away. We drop them. If there's a need there, then Paul and his team provide it. Mm, that's great.
0: That's great. We are coming um, uh, rapidly to to the (laughs) close of our our time. But just before that, um, I would like you, Paul, uh, to just um, talk to our listeners uh, and uh, give us some more information about uh, your organisation and uh, what would you like the people out there to know about your uh, organisation?
1: Well, what I'd like the people to know about it, uh, Second Bite, if they're able to assist us with the donation of food, that would be awesome, and they can be, uh, again, contacted through our website at www.secondbyte.org, and that will end up through to me in some way. Uh, if they can contribute with funds, that would also be very acceptable because we do need money to keep the doors open. Uh, we don't go out and do big fundraisers and, and things like that. We, As I said, we rely on philanthropists. But also, the biggest thing is keep an eye on your neighbours. Keep an eye on your community. If there is somebody who has a need, in a very dignified manner, try and assist them. And that can be through your local church group. It could be through your local council. It could be through just coming on our website again and looking at fine food. But don't let them suffer. But do it in a dignified manner. Um, we've got to look after each other regardless of race color and creed mm.
0: well said Paul mm. Yeah, thank you very much for that uh, mm. and thank you for you coming uh, with us, thank you Eric thank for introducing pleasure. Paul to us also mm-hmm. and uh, may God bless you in uh, everything what you do you. to make a difference in this world mm. and to our listeners I would like to just emphasize on this that walking in the footsteps of jesus you can make also a difference in some other people's life not only in your own life we encourage you to keep walking in the footsteps of jesus until next time may god bless you